Blog Talk Radio. Well, it's that time again. First Monday of the month. I was confused. I thought this was the second Monday of the month on the parents panel this morning, but no, it's the first Monday of the month of the new year, 2013. So this is our first educators panel program for 2013. And I'm delighted that you are listening in today. Uh, I know that we have at least one of our educators panel members already on board, um, on the line, and uh, when the others call in, we will uh, get that educators panel rolling here, um, but let me see, I'm, I'm betting this is Carol, am I right? Is this no. Carol on the line? This is not no. Carol on the line. No, Who is I'm this? actually... This is actually Rania um, Ross from uh, Ontario, Ontario, Canada. I actually, uh, I suppose I was mistaken because I thought that you would be taking questions today. And I had Well, I'll tell you what. uh, Here's the good news. None mm -hmm. of our panel members have called in yet. And I, I think we have another person from Area Code 212 who is doing the exact same thing. You know what? Let's get a few questions in really quickly. And we'll see what we can get done. And you know what? Maybe our educators panel members, I know that we now have Carol on the line because now I've got the area code right. Carol, you're with us, yes? Hello, yes, I am. Um, Listen, we have a few people who want to ask questions right off the bat here. Are you game? I'm game. I'm game too. Rania, go ahead. Um, This is a student that I know um, we've spoken about in the past, and we have done the collaborative problem-solving approach with um, in the last school year, and it was quite successful. Um, We got to the um, beyond the empathy step of Plan B, Um, and now in the present time, we are actually, we have completed the LSEP. Um, I completed the LSEP with two of his teachers and two of his teaching assistants as well who were all present. Not to interrupt, but just for the sake of those who are listening and are not as familiar with the model, the LSEP is the Assessment of Lagging Skills and Unsolved Problems. It is a one-sheet piece of paper that helps us do exactly that, identify a student's lagging skills and unsolved problems. Keep going. You can find it on the Lives and Balance website, by the way, in the paperwork section. Keep going. Um, So we were completing the LSEP just because it was a brand-new school year, and we weren't sure where um, the difficulties were lying in terms of the new school year after the summer. Um, And he was finally at a place where we could begin the collaborative problem-solving approach. So to make a long story short, we we completed the LSEP, and the ISSP teacher kind of jumped in and said, um, quote-unquote, I'm just going to paraphrase, this is all really great, but, um, the biggest thing was but, um, she's concerned about some of the violent tendencies that are coming out in comments 
um, from this particular student, such as, I want to bash the principal's head open. I want to take a squirrel and bash its head open. So those kinds of statements were were noted by the um, ISSP teacher, by the principal, and by the teaching assistant team. And I said, uh, my first obvious response was, well, we're going with that. You know, we're going to scrap the other things that, uh, and that is going to, that's basically going to trump, um, you know, um, how we're moving forward with, you know, in determining out next steps for him. So I, I really, I just wanted your advice around, A, how do I begin that um, in terms of um, inputting it into the, um, you know, that statement, you know, the, the statement that we use um, universally with our students. Yeah, and the empathy step. In the empathy step, yeah. yeah. So how would how would I begin to um, collaborate with this particular student when it's something that is so severe? I mean, in nature. Well, and severity severity doesn't. And I'll I'll have Carol weigh in as well. And I think let me see here, we have either uh, Nina or Tom on with us too. Who do we have? It's Nina. It's Nina. Hi, Nina. Hi. How are you? Um, uh, we, we're actually taking a few questions here off the top um, oh, because good. we had a few people call in. and uh, Well, I'm not sure if area code 212 is going to stick with us. They're gone now. But if area code 212 calls back, we will take their question as well. We're going to just kick off the day here with a few questions. And the question is, if a student is – and I'll, uh, I'm going to go a little generic here, and then we'll ask you and Carol for your input as well – if a student is verbalizing something that suggests that they may not be as safe as we would like them to be or are threatening something, at a very practical level, what do you do? And at a very practical level, if you choose to do plan B, uh, what does the empathy step sound like in that case? Um, that Rania, is that a fair summary? Absolutely. Thank you. In this case, you have a student who's who wants to bash in the head of the principal and who wants to bash in the head of squirrels. Right. Um, and, and now, now, and yes, that's severe. That's you know we're not usually hearing that kind of stuff. And I think we have Tom on with us now. Yes, Tom, do we have you? Yes. Great. Um, severity uh, doesn't necessarily point us in a direction other than plan B. To tell you the truth, a student who's talking about things that are severe, uh, we need to know what he's talking about. We need info. Yep. And plan A is not going to get us that info. And plan C is not going to get us that info. We need to get that info. And that, to me, says plan B and specifically the empathy step of plan B. So now we are at a practical level. What does that sound like? And the only uh, question here is often I recommend that you not start the empathy step when you're saying I've noticed that and then what's up with a specific behavior. In this case, it would be talking about bashing in the head of the principal and of squirrels. However, um, there are exceptions to that rule and I would even call it a rule, more a guideline, 
there are exceptions to it, and this might be one of them, because I'm actually having, if we try to word it in a way that isn't the behavior itself, but is more oriented toward the expectation the student is having trouble meeting, then it would sound like this. I've noticed that you are having trouble verbalizing thoughts that are only safe, and I wouldn't do that. I don't think you'd know what I was talking about. (laughs) So I would can I weigh in for can I weigh in for some Absolutely. of the thoughts that I had with Go ahead. Okay. Yep. Um hi Ronnie, I'm uh, Carol, I'm a principal in British Columbia. And awesome. uh the the first thought that I had when I when I heard about kind of what the student was saying, that my first question was um when when is he saying things like that? What is the situation when he mm-hmm. is making statements like that? Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be um, triggered by something specific. It's really, really more spontaneous. He has stated to us that sometimes he has triggers in his brain, and these are terms that he uses, that that don't prevent him from saying things that are maladaptive. He hasn't used those terms per se, verbatim, but he has spoken to sometimes uh, suggesting that sometimes there are situations or there are occurrences that he has no control over these negative negative thoughts per se. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question in terms of the triggers, we haven't really identified um, something specific. The team is fabulous in terms of the data collection piece and have been able to look at um, data collection around um, individual education plan expectations and accelerated progress in terms of of his kind of skill set or what he's working towards. But in terms of triggers, unfortunately, um, they haven't seen anything concrete or explicit enough to um, um, to pinpoint. So, yeah, because I mean, to me, it, it, there, there's a difference in terms of whether he says that, you know, he's sitting down, say, to work in a small group with a teacher and he just says quite calmly, you know, you know, one day I'd like to bash the principal's head in. Or right. if he's gotten in trouble on the playground and he's being taken to the principal's office and he says, oh, I want to bash the principal's head in. I think right. there's a big difference. And I think if if that is something that, I mean, to me, that statement is is probably, you know, infrequent. It might have happened more than once, but it's probably not, you know, happening several times a day. Um, right. So if it was possible to pinpoint and ask the person to whom it was said, what was going on at the time? Because I think that could give you a lot of information. Is it Definitely. that he is, you know, is he angry with, um, you know, is he not being able to handle getting in trouble? Is he, you know, feeling like the principal is going to send him home or, you know, kind of what what would be that trigger? My second thought, honestly, when, when you said that, if, if I was trying to picture, you know, what would I do and how would I feel if someone said that? And I honestly don't see that big of a connection between him making those statements and what's actually his, his functioning at school. Um, because if a student said, you know, oh, if, if a teacher said, you know, oh, so-and-so told me that they want to bash your head in, I'd be like, uh, so, <laughs> right? I don't oh, take okay. it as serious. I wouldn't take it personally as a serious. You know, this child is got is is looking violently. I mean, first of all, you'd have to catch a squirrel, which is pretty darn near impossible. Uh, you know, just I took it almost as a, this is just the child either looking for attention or he's saying mm-hmm. it for a, a reason. And I don't know that there's actually enough reason to address those statements. I think it's. I think you need to work with your team a bit more. Just my mm-hmm. personal view. Um, mm-hmm. Find out what's causing this 
anger or um, like what's the situation that he's not being able to handle? What's the stressor okay. that's causing him to say things like this? Mm-hmm. Um, where most kids would just say, you know, oh, I don't want to talk to you, or they'd withdraw, or you know, what's what's the situation? I'm, I'm. You can picture me doing the gestures with my hands that Ross does in his workshops, where the demands of the situation are outstripping the child's ability to um, <laughs> handle those demands. <laughs> right, and, right. Uh, I, I don't know that that situation has been clearly identified. I don't. That's mm-hmm. my my two cents. I hear those words and I kind of go, I don't think he really means that. I think he means something else. Well, the only thing I would say to that, the only thing I would say is, it's in the empathy step where you'd find that out. Right. And so I wouldn't want to come to any conclusions about the meaning until I until I had that information. But I think finding out the when, like what is the situation that's causing that behavior. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, if it, let's let's take it down a notch to a lower level problem, like a child who's, um, you know, pushing kids when they're lining up, right? We mm-hmm. can say, well, the child is pushing kids, but until we realize that it's when they're lining up that we go, oh, I've noticed that you're having a hard time when it's time to line up. What's up? Um, right. Whereas with this right. one, it's kind of like I've noticed you've had a hard time saying things nicely about the principal. Well, it's kind of still very vague. There needs to be mm-hmm. just a higher level of specificity, in my opinion, to get into the empathy step. Oh, he's extremely, extremely intelligent. I mean, we've tried the collaborative problem-solving approach with him um, in the past, and he he tells you exactly what you want to hear, you know. Um, but in the in the moment when he's saying those things, he just it's almost like if you if you delve into his psyche, which we're not doing, <laughs> um, he he probably doesn't even realize he's doing it or saying it, but they're worried that. There may be um, there may be some action as a result of those words. So that's why I that's why I sense that there it is a little bit more severe because it has the entire team elevated. That's mm-hmm. all. All right. Yep. So if that's all, Anything, Ina, you, anything to add to the discussion? Well, I do agree Ina. with that part of you being have that elevation. I think that when we kind of dig deep in our self-reflective, kind of realize that sometimes, um, you know, words are elevating everyone in see me, and that kind of gets the, the focus on the words. But just like Carol's saying, kind of backing up and trying to, you know, figure out what's going on beforehand, but also in the empathy step, exploring that sort of neutrally about about those words instead of getting getting too, you know, worried about it and relaxing mm-hmm. a little bit about it in the, in the minute and giving that empathy and exploring it. And um, you might find out some really, you know, something that you have no idea why those words are being said or, you know, some connection that was unexpected. So, Right, right. I, I think that, I, and I was going to kind of go in the same direction that that, that is uh, – that's the hardest part when there's a lot of anxiety is to really slow down because mm-hmm. it just sounds like from the conversation that, that your staff is very anxious about what the student may do. And I, and I think that, that coaching them that, that if you bring that in the room to the student, then what you'll get is more kickback. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that what someone needs to do is to very, very gently and calmly sit down with this kid and, and take some time to build a relationship. So it might take... Um, a, a little bit of a unique situation um, to, uh, to to do that. I have to go because there's something going on in my building. People need me. I'll call back in in a minute, okay? 
No worries. Thanks. This okay, is thanks. Thanks. Rania, what do you think? Any? Um, I really, uh, w- yeah, I really like. Um, sorry, I'm I'm getting a blank of the name Carol, the principal from BC. Um, thank you for your um, advice around identifying some of the triggers. I think that that may definitely be some information that we need prior, perhaps prior um, um, to. To beginning the empathy step, it may may not be, um, but but thank you for that. I appreciate that um, that advice. Thank you. Well, it's one thing that I've that I still have to work on myself is is kind of like what Tom said, slowing down before I try to to jump into the empathy step and really making sure that I myself have a really specific because I've I've started the process too quickly sometimes and been much too vague and it just you you end up spending a lot of time talking around something that you don't really know what you're talking about yeah yeah for sure something that i continue to work on for myself and just saying you know what is it exactly that i'm trying to get at here um i how old is the student i missed that at the beginning of your of your story um the student is in grade five he's 11 or will be 11 Mm -hmm. yeah and he's got experience with this yeah we will do that that pressure to I know for myself is when you feel pressure to extinguish a behavior of words mm-hmm. that it 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 does um you know it doesn't help the situation and you often do skip things or rush things and give yourself permission to take a deep breath too and relax and and try to mm-hmm. figure out really what's going on for sure for sure I'm an outsider so it's easier for me to say you know do this or do that or begin that right. but I'm yeah, I you know you t- I try my best to put myself in the shoes of the other person and identify how they're feeling and then sort of get a sense of okay this is more serious than than yeah. than I would have anticipated right so are, are are the staff there frightened of the student based on actual behaviors that he's shown like has he shown um, previously violent behaviors where where people have been hurt or kids have been hurt or Yes, yes. The yeah. uh, the principal actually does flinch um, now when he approaches her. So yes, there there has been police involvement in the past. This child is, has been in treatment as well. I don't know how successful um, the treatment was for him, um, or the treatment facility rather. And um, so yes, yeah, so there ha- to answer your question, yes, there have been violent outbursts where people right. have been hurt. Yes. Right. So a question to help might be, you know, what are the the behaviors that the student is showing that that are causing them that anxiety as well, and then maybe use those as your starting point, some of those behaviors rather than these words. Okay. Well, if, I think that would if be. He's a, I think making that aggressive you don't eye want, contact with people, or. Well, I think that not making eye contact isn't going to be scaring people or causing them as much concern as threatening to bash the principal's yeah. head in. Um, mm-hmm. So in terms of prioritizing, mm-hmm. I think I'd want to go with what the student is stating that is causing us a great deal of concern, that the student is having difficulty making eye contact is certainly a concern as well. Um, but I think that when a student is saying something like that, I want to bash in the principal's head, that's something we want to know as much as we can about as quickly as possible. 
I would I would be I would be a little reluctant, not just a little reluctant, but a lot reluctant to let that one go. Even if it even if we are hypothesizing that it doesn't mean anything at all, um, I'd want to be sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So in terms, Ross, in terms of the, or Carol or um, others, in terms of the um, beginning statement of the empathy step, that's kind of, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, a roadblock for me, um, because I will be beginning that process with him on Thursday. How would you feel would be the most neutral way of wording that to him? Well, it always starts with I've noticed that and ends with what's up or what's going on. And um, without being completely explicit about, remind me what age you said the student was? He's 11 or will be 11. Okay. Uh, A more neutral way to say things without being completely explicit about what he's saying, which could set off a little bit of alarm bells for him. Mm-hmm. is I've noticed that sometimes you talk about hurting the principal or squirrels. What's going on there? And that's not quite as inflammatory and therefore not quite as risky as I've noticed you've uh, said that you want to bash the principal's head. What's up? And so, so, so I might go a little bit more tame in that direction, just so that the, we don't set off any alarm bells in the kid. Um, we always run the risk when we do that that the student will say to us, what are you talking about? And then we can be more explicit if we want to be. Um, that, would, that would neutralize it a bit. If we go too neutral, he won't know what we're talking about. I don't know if Nina and Carol have other thoughts on that. Well, I'm just wondering um, what, Rhino, what your degree of relationship is with the with the student. Um, I do. Feel that, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you feel that he he will, you know, be trustful of you, or is is there a relationship there? Oh, absolutely. No, we. I spent uh, a tremendous amount of time with him um, last school year, um, okay. both a, a kind of in anonymously observing him, but. Um, he, he still knew I was there, and he knew yeah. what my involvement looked like. And then, in addition to that, through the uh, using the collaborative problem-solving approach in terms of um, uh, um, identifying what was getting in his way when he had when he was engaged in math groups specifically, because okay. he had a hard time with that. So we spent about five consecutive days um, recording, like with with recordings, um, okay. collaborating with with the student. So, I, I mean, I would say that he, he knows me. You know, if he saw me, mm. obviously, outside of the school environment, he would he would know who I was. And oh, sees me in the, he sees me in the school building. He calls me by name. Right. Um, yeah, so he's... So he'll be kind of like, why should I tell you what's going on? <laughs> right, right, right. No, he is he's okay. quite... Um, He's quite good with unfamiliar adults, but I mean, I'm still kind of unfamiliar to him because I'm not, I'm not there on a daily basis, nor do I work with him one to one. So, any other input from our panel? Sonia, thank you so much for calling in. Great, thank you. This was very, very helpful. I'm. I'd like to know how it goes. (laughs) 
Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Now you have to call in again. That's right. I may. I may have to. I'll carve out time then on, um, is it every Monday at 3? Is that when the educators panel would, would happen? Every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, first Monday of every month. First Monday otherwise, of every month. Otherwise, you only get me if you want so the you've panel. Got a month to let us, you've got a month Monday to work on it and let us know. <laughs> would you, like, you would like to know then what happens. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That would be great. Okay, Always. so the next the next scheduled time then will be Monday, February, whatever. That's right. Correct. First okay. first okay. Monday in February, we'll be here again. Great. Thank you. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, educators panel, we don't get a chance to do that very often, do we? No. You know, I want to do it again. I it's a, yeah. I. I I enjoy it. It's just it's difficult without having the full context of always you know, of of knowing all the all the background and history and I really appreciated Rina her patience with us and explaining everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, all of that stuff matters. It does. Now, do we want to do it again? We have a caller from area code two one two. Shall we shall we do it Absolutely. again? Absolutely. Yes, sure. Here we go. Here we go. Area code two one two. You're on the air. Do you have a question for the educators panel? Hello? Yep, you're on. Hey, Ross, it's Tom. <laughs> Calling from area code 212. No, that's really interesting. I wonder if the phone did a phone thing, but I got my little situation straightened out, so I thought I'd call you all back because I missed you. You're doing like you a Jason Bourne bouncing your signal off of other satellites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. might be like Jason Bourne. He's cool. <laughs> Can you pretend that you're from area code 212? Sure. I'd like some help with my kid, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, where's 212? (laughs) Wrong accent. Uh, Area code 212 is New York City last time I looked. Yeah, I'm right about that. So don't don't Uh, do that, Tom. Don't do that. That would be fitting for me, though, New York. That's good. Um, Now, we have all three of you, and we do not have somebody else calling in to ask a question. So, hello, educators panel. Hello. 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 I hope you all had a nice break from school, and now you're all back, yes? Yes. All right. We're back. What do you want to talk about in our last uh, 18 minutes here? Anything (laughs) on your minds? I think everyone's thinking about what happened um, in uh, Connecticut. Let's talk about that. And I think it's... There's a lot of conversation about the mental health component of the individual who did it. And there's also a lot of conversation about um, what people perceive to be the facts. And I've simply told my staff, I I really don't want to discuss the facts until they've been released by the police, because until the investigation's done, we really won't know the facts. I think we know some facts. We know know much. We don't don't know much. You You hear, you know. His mother was in the classroom, his mother was a teacher, and then you hear his mother was an ed tech, and and then you hear they had a gold star rating door system, and he shot right through it. And I just tell people, you know, the the reality is is that we work in a public environment, and I, I just I think we all look at our schools different today than we did last December 1st, and I just thought it's important to acknowledge for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Well, I know that... I've spoken with people who've walked into schools 
Obviously, many people have walked into schools, but those who I've spoken to have said they are now in schools with a new awareness of whether there's a buzzer system, which, of course, in Newtown didn't matter, um, or how freely people walk into a building. Um, Thankfully, in schools, this is an extremely rare, extremely rare thing, but we want to make sure it is not just rare, but hits the never criteria. Um, Schools are still very safe places, but they are no different than any other place in our society. Things, places that we thought were sacred aren't schools included. Mm-hmm. The other thing, you know, the information that we're waiting for may not be as clarifying as we hope it will be. I agree. And right. the reason I'm saying that is because I've participated, I mentioned this on the parents panel this morning, I've been an expert witness in two murder trials the most recent was when a high school student stabbed to death another high school student in Massachusetts. Hmm. And because I was on um, assisting with the defense of the stabber, I met with him frequently and came to know him very well. And as well as you can, meeting with somebody for an hour or two at a time in a prison Um, and um, while I came to the definitive conclusion that in the moments at which this person was stabbing another student to death, he was in a transient psychotic state, I was not able to say with the level of confidence that I completely understood how that came to happen, and what the factors were with great precision that contributed to that. And so while I, too, am eager to hear more about Adam Lanza and whatever kind of help he received and what care he was under at the time, I am um, reasonably certain that we will know even less about him once that information is in than I did about someone who I got to meet with several dozen times and still couldn't answer some of those questions with the level of precision that I would have liked. So I guess my question, Ross, is I I have have had colleagues express to me a fear about the misrepresentation in the media about facts and the dramatic effect that it could have on students with Asperger's and autism. And and because I, we've heard rumors here that this, this this person had autism or Asperger's, and and I, I just I just continue to be an advocate for just staying calm. Yeah. It is what it, you know. We we can't just stop teaching kids and focus solely on safety. We need to be aware that this has occurred, and we need to make prudent, rational steps that actually improve safety based on research instead of moving to a state of panic and control to give ourselves the false sense that we can stop this from happening um, by taking giant irrational leaps that may not even make a difference. Right. Sorry? Some of those leaps may even heighten fear. 
Well, right, exactly. or it costs, I think, you know, in some of the things that you try to do, I created a few things that I made things more unsafe, I, you know, trying to heighten the safety with, without too much thought. You know, I created some unsafe things in my schools, and I had to really backtrack and not overreact, you know, or the pressure yeah. from, so that's, I definitely learned. You know, that yeah, we feel the pressure, don't we, Nina? Oh, absolutely, and then I created a whole problem with traffic and other things. I'm like, oh, dear, I need to, you know, need to reevaluate. And, Where's the undo um, button yeah. on that? <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly, but, yeah, that that rational piece is so important, but listening to everyone and validating all the, the serious fear, yeah. and as well as a good time to really look at, you know, look at our school, and a good it's a good opportunity for that. Mm-hmm. Well, and what Asperger's disorder and autism places people at risk for is not violence but in the case of adam lanza apparently once again i'm hesitant to say anything about adam lanza but apparently if what we're reading in the news is accurate it may have set the stage for him to have very difficult a very difficult time with social interactions which may have then, once again, keyword may, we really don't know, have set the stage for him to have a very isolated social existence, um, which may, once again, we don't know, have set the stage for something else that we read about, which is to have, at the age of 20, be spending a great deal of his time in the basement of his home playing violent video games. These are all things we've read but shouldn't trust. Mm-hmm. Asperger's disorder does tell you something about a kid, but it would not predict the likelihood that the kid will become violent. Adam Lanza clearly had more going on than just Asperger's disorder. Mm. Exactly. Is there a risk that kids who have that diagnosis, people will start viewing them as having a propensity, a greater propensity for violence than they knew about the kid a month ago? Yeah, there's the risk, but um, I'm hoping that that will settle down because that would be um, an inaccurate view. But I, I do think in, in staying with the nature of this program that it's it's uh, really important to recognize that Regardless of diagnoses or backgrounds or issues, the steps of collaborative problem solving, in addition to helping to solve problems, teaches social interaction. Because when somebody receives empathy, they learn how to how to share their thoughts and feelings and feel heard. But they also learn to reciprocate that and hear the other person's perspective, hopefully, and then work together to solve the problem. I mean, you really can't have a better way to to work with you know this this model works for that reason that when we're working right. in plan B we're we're not just solving the problems we're actually learning social skills simultaneously which is another really important aspect of the model well and, and building that read. relationships go ahead Donna no i think exactly to the plan B building the relationship piece and and Kind of staying away from the diagnosing is another, you know, is another reason that putting a label or just one diagnosis is, um, you know, that's obviously if he had 
Asperger's that wasn't, like you said, predictive of violence, and um, there was obviously much more um, going on and just reminds me of what you always say, Ross, about that you can go to five different places and get five different diagnoses, and that shouldn't be the, the focus. You can, and, and it's the lagging skills and the unsolved problems that should be the focus. You know, another thing that I've read in the newspaper is that, and this was early on, is that there were reports that Adam felt no pain. And people said, don't you think that's a predictor? Yeah, maybe that's a predictor. But when Adam was doing what he was doing, it was the pain of others that he was having difficulty feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's empathy. And that's another skill called appreciating how your behavior is affecting other people. And I wrote about all of the skills um, that could come into play here, not all of them, but some of them, uh, in the most real, in the most current real world segment that's on the Lives in the Balance website now. Um, there's so much we don't know, but we do know that people who are lacking empathy and who are having difficulty appreciating the impact of their behavior on others, um, and if they have access to weapons, and perhaps if they are um, spending a lot of time playing violent video games, now now you're starting to convince me that this is someone who may be at a somewhat higher likelihood of committing violence. The other thing I said in the real world piece is that I sure do hope that um, these kinds of shootings, schools or not, don't become just another thing that we are reconciled to loss of life on. And the analogy that I used in the real world piece was tornadoes. We know that people are going to die in tornadoes every year. But then I started thinking about it more. I might add this to the real world piece. We actually are becoming half decent at predicting when tornadoes are going to occur. Sometimes we get two days warning from the Weather Channel, or in Canada I think it's called the Weather Network. I forget what it's called. Um, letting us know that the conditions are right for the development of tornadoes. We don't know exactly where. We don't know the exact time. But we do know the conditions. And I think we could get to that point and do a much better job of it with people who have a propensity, not for, not for murders, but for these mass shootings. Anyways, I'm talking too much here. <laughs> I think See, I've talked so much that nobody else is bit. talking. Sorry. Well, just carrying on with that analogy a little bit, the the difference being that there are people who are constantly monitoring the conditions and constantly revising their their predictions and looking for signs. And I think that's the piece that's important. That anybody who works with people with any kind of mental illness with people that we know have difficulties with things like social interactions, that there needs to be, you know, their caregivers or their, their family members or their the people who work with them in schools, you know, we we need to understand what the signs are. We need to be aware of the conditions because we are the weather forecasters. We are the people that see these kids all the time. And we need to keep our, we need to know what we're looking for. I love the uh, continuation of the analogy. Yeah, <laughs> 
we, we do have people looking for it all the time. We can do it without stigmatizing. Mm-hmm. We can do it without scaring. I think it can be done. I agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What else are people saying, Tom? Did we lose Tom? We lost we Tom. Well, yeah, I think that might have been his uh, call waiting. Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, Nina and Carol, what else are people saying, if they're saying anything? Uh, well, I have to say, I mean, geographically, we're we're quite far away. And yeah. um, with having had our, our, our winter vacation so shortly after, um, it was kind of on people's minds quite significantly, um, you know, in the few days directly following, but... Um, most of the concerns that I heard were from our from our students here, and I honestly, I purposefully have not sought out information. Um, there was a flood, you know, online and and on the news, and and I kind of didn't want to kind of buy into the media hype. What my concern was just about my students and my staff and how they would be doing and what support that they might need. So that's kind of what I was focused on and just being aware of if there were any children in the school or adults who may have had, you know, loss in their family in the recent time or who have been victims of violence, that it might have brought up some negative feelings or, or memories for them and just being aware to support that. And honestly, I don't up here the the, the media frenzy has kind of tapered off and, and mm-hmm. it's not a constant barrage anymore. I don't know if that's still happening up where you guys are being so close. And I think at our school, um, I was, you know, I think it gave everyone, even um, the community, just even more empathy towards kids that are having challenging behavior. Right. You know, right. I definitely, I think that, you know, we, I was, didn't know which way that would go, but I, right. um, I've seen my staff and community really uh, want to even build more a relationship with kids who are sort of isolated or um, exhibiting some challenges, uh, which, you know, is such a a wonderful thing, just knowing that the, using Dr. Green's model and really digging deeper and trying to solve problems gave, a, gave, gave us more of a motivation to, right, to do that. If we can be proactive like that and, and really wrap around children when they're young, it can be so, you know, effective in preventing things. Yep, and we had a training right before, just the right the last Friday before we all came back with the kids, and it was all, you know, it was just, it was about um, you know, helping children and building relationships, and and there was a lot of um, Ross. You were quoted a lot from the presenter, and it was just it was oh, so wow. it was really it, it was wonderful. It just gave us such you know everybody that's been working so hard. It validated um, everything that we've been doing, and uh, you know there's no mention of reward and punishment, and it was all about. Um, solving problems and digging deeper and you know a lot of times he said you know the traditional stuff it's not going to work and even even the stuff that he's you know promote some of the things that he's teaching he said well you know it's not going to work for the really challenging kids but that your model is you know what works so that was and I didn't even you know didn't really know all that in advance I didn't make him say it so it was kind of exciting (laughs) in the audience and hear it from somebody else uh, was a great way to return back to school good Yeah, really good. Um, Well, 
And as I wrote in the real world piece, I'm actually kind of sorry that the poignancy of the tragedy is fading for me. Um, it's, you know, it's not usually on the front page of the newspaper anymore. Other things take its place, but um, that lies in the balance, as I wrote in the real world piece. We are definitely going to find a way to commemorate uh, the lives of those who perished on that day. Um, and we'll figure something out along the way and um, make sure that um, everybody who did perish on that day isn't forgotten. That's wonderful. On that note, we should probably call it a day for the educators panel. My New Year's resolution is to not talk quite so much on the next program. <laughs> we'll, we'll see like how if that talk. goes it's the way of thing. many other resolutions. But um, <laughs> thank you both for doing this today, and I look forward to doing it again next month. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.